This is Dr. Jerry Tolbert. It's Monday. Time for another episode of Here's Your Health. I want to start out by giving some background as to why this podcast was a little bit late. Last week was the Global Missions Health Conference in Louisville, Kentucky, about an hour from where I'm from. My wife and I traveled down there for the conference and got a really good educational experience and had a great time learning about what is going on in the world of medical outreach and global health. Just a quick plug, if you're at all interested in global health, there is a great website that the folks that organize this conference have set up called medicalmissions.com. It's a great place to go to uh, find out information about the conference that we went to, or find other individuals that may be doing either uh, local or international uh, health projects, and a way to get tied into that, especially if you're a student. They've got great uh, resources for students that are interested in doing medical-related healthcare missions. On that website, there's also a great resource to be able to stream some of the uh, talks that were given at the conference and see some of the information that was presented, which um, is going to be part of what we talk about today. The conference was really great, and I would recommend it if you get the opportunity to go, and we'll end the commercial there, but uh, again, it's medicalmissions.com. So today, I really want to talk about something that is going to polarize the people listening, uh, there's a growing problem with antibiotic resistance in bacteria, and there are a lot of reasons why it's happening, but there are a few big ones that we have a really good opportunity to defend against in the primary care realm. How this ties into the conference, there was a presentation on infectious diseases in the developing world, and there was a great discussion about some primary research that one of the groups that was there is, they're doing primary research on uh, antibiotics and antibiotic resistance patterns that are developing in some of these countries where it's very easy to go to a vendor on a street corner and buy packets that contain antibiotics, antihistamines, and steroids just without a prescription, without any provocation. So people get a head cold and they go buy these and, and take them and, and try to use them to make them better. Now, as we've discussed before, infections, most of the time, especially colds, are caused by viruses, and the antibiotics aren't going to do anything for a virus. That doesn't mean that every single infection is caused by virus. I understand that. But one of the great sayings in medicine is, if you hear hoofbeats, it's usually horses, not zebras. Now, if you're in Africa, it may be zebras, but most of the time, we're not dealing with people that are outside of the United States on a regular basis. And so the most common cause of these infections is actually going to be viral. That means that, that when we prescribe antibiotics, most of the time, they're not really fighting off a bacterial infection, but they can still be contributing to some of the problems with antibiotic resistance that we're seeing. The primary research that these folks were doing in Cambodia and some of these other uh, Southeast Asian countries, as well as some of the areas in Central Asia, the numbers that they quoted essentially showed that one of the most common bacteria that causes things like urinary tract infections and also causes some of the diarrheal illnesses, E. coli, 
um, which you've probably heard about. There was a big news story here in the last couple of weeks about uh, E. coli and the German uh, sprouts that caused what we call hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS, which is a really nasty version of that E. coli bug. But that bacteria in these areas is approximately 90% resistant to one of the most common drugs we use to treat it, Bactrim, or uh, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. It's not good for that to be so resistant to the antibiotic that we use the most. It essentially takes out one of the big guns that we have to treat those infections. And in places like the developing world, where you can't really test for resistance patterns easily, it's a dangerous and alarming trend. They also tested another injectable drug, something called uh, ceftriaxone, which is a very commonly used both here in the United States and there to treat all kinds of infections. It's a very good drug. It's a broad-spectrum antibiotic, meaning that it covers a lot of different types of bacteria. And the E. coli there were approximately 40% resistant to rocephin or, or ceftriaxone. That's another scary thing because that's one of the big drugs that we use, um, especially in younger children, when we're concerned about infections in, in the spinal fluid or infections around the brain, what most people think of as meningitis, which is also a very big blanket term, but uh, it's a medicine that, that will pass into that fluid and actually help treat infections. Now, does that mean that that's how things are here in the U.S.? No, but that does mean that those bacteria exist, and bacteria are very small. They can travel very easily in human hosts, and once they set up shop somewhere, uh, they tend to grow very rapidly. And so it is possible that they could be brought here and eventually take a foothold. And it's not good if they've already become resistant to most of the powerful antibiotics that we're using uh, to kick these things, especially in the hospital. So how does this affect the general consumer? How does this affect primary care? Essentially, when dealing with infections here in the United States, most of the time they're caused by viruses. You may have runny nose, you may have fever, you may have body aches, you may have even green sputum. So producing a bunch of green junk out of your nose, or, or even sometimes brown junk, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bacterial. That is a myth that has been proven to be incorrect. The color of the sputum really doesn't give us a whole lot of good data to say that this infection is bacterial or this is viral. Um, you can have clear sputum with a bacterial infection, you can have green sputum with a viral infection, or even just allergies can cause green sputum. And so, again, um, just because you're producing all these symptoms doesn't mean that you have a bacterial infection. Now, if the symptoms do persist for any length of time, then it's important that you get that checked out. Uh, and by any length of time, I mean you know more than a week, more than 10 days. That's the time that you need to start being concerned that this may be a bacterial infection. And it's definitely important that you see your physician. <clears throat> As physicians, we need to be very careful about how we prescribe antibiotics and attempt to give patients a little more autonomy in that instead of saying, here's a prescription for an antibiotic, fill this right now, take all of this, we need to instead say, you know what, this is probably viral. If you're not better in three days, you can either call me or you can uh, take this prescription I'm going to give you and get it filled after that three days. It's difficult sometimes to give that power up, but it's important that patients know that these things are viral, that they are going to get better, and that time is really the best medicine for these and allows the body to heal and to fight off the infection itself. There are always caveats to that, and that's why it's very important to see your physician and to make sure that you're, you're constantly having those update times if you do have an illness. As consumers and as patients, 
it's important that you not expect to get an antibiotic every time you go to the doctor for an illness. The antibiotics oftentimes aren't doing anything. Most of the time, you get a cold, you're better in 10 days with nothing. You get a cold, we give you antibiotics, you're better in 10 days. It doesn't change anything about the course or the symptoms of the infection other than what is, is occurring because of the placebo effect. And placebo effect is all mind over matter, essentially. You're telling yourself that you're going to get better, and so your body's immune system actually responds to that. So it may be better just to say, you know what, I'm going to fight this off, I'm going to do it myself, and, you know, drinking hot tea or, or making sure that you're, you know, eating your appropriate meals, eating your fruits and vegetables, maybe that needs to be your, your mental key to getting better, not an antibiotic, because it's not always an antibiotic that's going to make things better. So it's important that we all work together to fight off this, this growing trend of these antibiotic-resistant bacteria, and the best way to do that is to use antibiotics responsibly. This is Dr. Jerry Tolbert, and here's to your health. The contents of this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, the physicians involved do not in any way guarantee or warrant the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any of the messages presented herein and will not be responsible for any of the content of any message. For all medical questions, always consult your personal physician for any specific medical advice.